pro-life. They're pro-hypocrisy, pro-birth, and pro-control. If they were truly pro-life, they would not support the Supreme Court's decision to allow open carry across this country. They would support gun control. They would support universal health care. They would support these things that actually affect the living, breathing human lives of this country. Women have options. That's what we want women to know. You know, pro-choicers, they say, we want to give women a choice, when really, they give women the choice of abortion. They give women the choice to kill their child and harm them. The court's decision was really the culmination of decades of efforts by abortion opponents to undo the Roe v. Wade ruling. And it was really made possible by the addition of three appointees of former President Donald Trump to the Supreme Court. Uh, before that, it would have been unthinkable for the court to, to take this momentous step. Welcome back to another episode. So this episode I have spent um, over a lot of time researching and thinking about. So I will put all the resources and links that I have used in a document in the caption of this video. So you can go look at it and check it out and do your own research. And then in addition to that, there will be links for websites that you can donate to to help those who have to travel across state lines to be able to get an abortion. And um, I just recommend you guys do your own research after this so you can be able to expand your knowledge and yeah hope you enjoy the podcast if you are listening to this and you probably have already heard that Ruby Wade was overturned on the 24th of June 2022 now I'm going to explain to you exactly what that means the historical background and my opinion as someone who's living out of the United States of America on why this should matter on the 22nd of January 1973, the Supreme Court of the United States of America ruled that it was a constitutional right for a woman to have a pregnant woman to have the liberty to have an abortion. This did not just happen suddenly. The case began in 1970 when Jane Roe, a name given to protect the identity of someone named Norma McCorvey, who sadly passed away in 2017 was given to the plaintiff and she instituted federal action against Henry Wade, who was a district attorney at the time of the Dallas County where she lived. Now, the Supreme Court disagreed with her absolute assertion or assertion of an absolute right to terminate pregnancy in any way and at any time, and the court attempted to balance the woman's right to privacy with the state's interest in regulating abortion. Now, if we go back to 19, if we go forward to 1973, you'll see that the whole constitutional right that they based it off of was the 14th Amendment, or specifically the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, which states, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Now, that was what gave this Roe v. Wade the constitutional backing to be able to be legal and to be able to be um, passed and, you know, made to allow abortion. Now, in May 2021, the Supreme Court agreed to review, in its October 2021 term, a lower court's decision to strike down a Mississippi state law, which was adopted in 2018, that banned most abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy, which was well before the point of fetal viability. Now, fetal viability means the um, how much, how likely the fetus is going to survive outside of the womb. 
So although the law is plainly unconstitutional under Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which we'll get to, Mississippi lawmakers passed the measure in the hope that, which it did, an inevitable legal challenge would eventually make its way to the Supreme Court, where a conservative majority of justices would either overturn or drastically reduce the scope of these decisions. Now, that in and of itself is just unconstitutional, in my opinion, because why would you want to do that in hopes that you would know you'd know the conservative majority of the Supreme Court would overrule a law that you just didn't seem to like? Anyway, so what happened is... The single question that the court agreed to consider is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization was whether bans on pre-viability abortions are unconstitutional. And then in May 2022, an apparent draft of a majority opinion written by Justice Samuel A. Alito Jr., we will get to, was leaked to a political news publication in what would be an extraordinary breach of traditional secrecy in which the court conducts its deliberations. The opinion, which was dated February 2022, indicated that the court had voted already to overturn both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. As expected, both of them were overturned in the court's official decision in Dobbs, issued in June 2022, in which Alito held that there is no constitutional right to abortion. Not only that, in May 2021, Texas adopted a law, the SB8, that effectively banned almost all of abortions beyond the time at which fetal cardiac activity, otherwise a fetal heartbeat, can be detected or which about the six weeks of pregnancy. This law was unlike several other fetal heartbeat statutes because it shifted responsibility for enforcing the ban from state officials to private citizens, and it empowered any citizen to file a civil lawsuit against anyone who performs an abortion or aids the performance of an abortion of a fetus more than six weeks old. The citizen plaintiffs, if successful, would be awarded $10,000 plus legal costs to be paid by the defendants. Parties who successfully defended themselves against lawsuits would not be reimbursed for their legal costs. The law made no exceptions for rape or incest because state officials would not be enforcing the law. They presumably could not be named as defendants in any legal action requesting a judge to block enforcement of a law or to declare it unconstitutional. Now, two days before this law was to be able to take effect, which was September the 1st, a group of abortion providers in Texas filed an emergency request with the Supreme Court, asking that it block enforcement of the law or vacate an appeals court ruling that had halted litigation of the provider's challenge, which is Whole Woman's Health v. Jackson in a federal district court. Eventually, there was a decision not to intervene because the provider's application presents complex and novel antecedent procedural questions, and because it is, quote, unclear whether the named defendant in this lawsuit, quote, including the two state officials and prominent anti-abortion activists, quote, can or will seek enforce Texas law against applicants in a manner that might permit our intervention. The majority stressed, however, that in declining to block the enforcement of the law, it was not passing any judgment on the law's constitution constitutionality. There was another emergency request filed in October and the US Justice Department asked the court to vacate an appeals court of a federal district court order issued on the United States v Texas, temporarily blocking enforcement of the law. Although the court, the court dis, dis, declined to reinstate the district court's order, it agreed to an expedited, expedited sorry, review of both cases on two closely related questions. 
which are important. A, whether a state can prevent federal court review of a state law by delegating its enforcement to the general public. And B, whether the federal government can bring in a federal court suit, a federal court against Texas state officials and all private citizens to prohibit the enforcement of this law, SB 8. Now, the court issued decisions in two cases on December the 10th, 2021, which is my birthday, by the way. Happy birthday! I turned 18. He didn't really need to know that. In Whole Woman's Health versus Jackson, the court ruled that the plaintiffs could pursue the challenge to SB 8 in federal court against certain state officials, although it once again declined to join the enforcement of the law in United States v. Texas. The court also declared a tersely worded opinion that it had wrongly accepted the Justice Department's request that it consider reinstating the district's court stay of SB8, and the case was hereby dismissed. Now, in 1988, having undergone two religious conversations, McCorvey publicly declared her opposition to abortion. However, in the documentary, aka Jane Roe, in 2020, Adai McCorvey claimed that she had been paid by anti-abortion groups to support their cause. Now, that is a very, 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 very suspicious thing, and I honestly don't know what to say about that. However, this thing that um, Samuel Alito, which we are going to get to, as I said, he was the man whose draft was leaked earlier this year. This is what he had to say about it. According to Politico, which is a website, I'll put in the caption of the video, with the title, the Supreme Court has voted to overturn abortion rights, draft opinion shows. So this is... um, a quote that Justice Samuel Alito writes in his initial majority draft, which again was leaked, and he said, already, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. Now, this was a draft that was circulated inside of the court, and this draft opinion was a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and the subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right that Roe was, oh, that largely maintained the right, sorry. Now, this is, he quotes, Roe was egregiously, I hope I said that right, run from the start, Alito writes. Again, he also quotes, we hold that Rowan Casey must be overruled, and he writes in this document labelled as opinion of the court. He also quotes, it's time to heed the constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Now, there is an entire 98-page draft that you can find on this website. You can look at it yourself and you can check it out. However, I'll just be giving you the sort of, you know, summary. So there were deliberations on controversial occasions cases and in the past they've been fluid i'm quoting the website by the way so justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading sometimes until days just before a decision is unveiled the court's holding will not be final until it is published likely the next two months now this at the time i think was when this was already i think in february when this was this article was um written It also says here that the draft opinion offers an extraordinary window into the justices' deliberations in one of the most consequential cases before the court in the last five decades. So some court watchers at the time um, of this article that was written uh, was not overruled, but they said some court watchers predicted that the conservative majority would slice away at abortion rights, I guess they were right, (laughs) without flatly overturning a 49-year-old president, although that part they were on. So, and as it says, the draft shows that the court is looking to reject Rose legal and logical protections this is definitely so 
there are a lot of sort of uh, assumptions in this article because the de- they do mention the democratically appointed judges who I will mention because they are Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan. They were actually the dissents. Dissents? I hope I said they're out. And the other six, oh my gosh, okay. Let me actually, the other six were the ones who overruled. Now, this article, as I've said, was released um, sort of before they overruled it, but I'm going to give you the panel of those who overruled Roe v. Wade. Starting with the only woman on the panel to overrule, um, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, she was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, on January 28th, 1972. Okay. She married, I don't really need to know that, but she has seven children. So their children's names are Emma, Vivian Tess, John, Peter, Liam, Juliet, and Benjamin. She's a openly sort of conservative Catholic, and she was nominated by Trump. She took her post in 2020. That was the first and only woman to overrule, or the first person and the only woman on the panel. The next person to overrule's name is Brett Kavanaugh. He was born in 1965, and he definitely don't need to know who he marries, but he has two daughters, Margaret and Laza. He was also nominated by Trump, or sort of voted on by Trump, and took his role in 2018. Next, we have Neil Gorsuch. Oh my gosh, I can't say his name right, but he was born in 1967. He has two daughters with the wife Louise. He was also nominated by Trump and took his seat in 2017. Obviously, Elena Kagan was on the dissent, dissent, sorry. She was the Democratic one, but I'm going to get to her now. I'm going to get to Sonia now too. Now, Samuel Ayalito Jr. Firstly, he was born on April Fool's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I find that so funny, but he was born on April Fool's 1950. He married someone named Martha Ann in, don't actually need to know that, but he has two children, Philip and Laura, which, again, is interesting that a lot of these people have children that have ruled, or overruled, should I say. He was um, nominated by Bush and served, or took his seat since January 2006. The next person is... Clarence Thomas and this person um he was born in 1948 and would obviously know a lot about women's rights and equality um (laughs) he has one child from a previous marriage and he was nominated in 1991 well he was nominated by George Bush and took his seat in 1991 should I say rather then we have the chief justice who had a separate but concurring opinion, so he was born in 1955. There's a lot about him, but basically he was sort of nominated by George Bush and took his seat in 2005. Those are the overruled, those who believe they should overrule. Now let's look at those of the other side who believe to dissent or dissent. First we have Stephen J. G. Breyer, who, I'm sorry, does look a bit like Prince Philip, but you know, I'm going to just get into it. He was born in 1938. And he married someone called Johanna Hara or Hare in 1967. There's a lot about him. He has done a lot in his very, very long life. He is, I think, 83. Um, he took his seat in 1994. Next, we have Sonia or Sonia Sotomayor. She was born in 1954. She actually earned a BA in from Princeton and graduated summa cum laude and a member of the Pi Beta Kappa, receiving the Pan Prize, the highest academic honor Princeton awards to an undergraduate. That does say a lot. 
she has done a lot and she basically was nominated by President Bill Clinton to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, where she served from 1988 to 2009, and then President Barack Obama nominated her as Associate Justice of SCOTUS on May 26, 2009, and she assumed this role in August of 2009. Now, the last on the descent is Elena Kagan. She was born in New York on April 28, 1960. She received an AB from Princeton and an M for from Oxford in 1983, as well as a JD from Harvard Law School in 1986. Now, she has done a lot, and um, she was nominated by the president, it says, it doesn't really specify, um, on May 10, 2010, and she took her seat on August 7, 2010. Now that you know those who have overruled and those who have dissented, you can kind of get a sort of feel about who the opinions are going for. Now, um, Clarence Thomas, one of the people on the panel's overall, actually actually wants to reconsider. If you look at him, if you look at him, it's normal clickety-clackety. He wants to reconsider cons- contraception and same-sex marriage rulings. This was literally after they'd just sort of taken away women's reproductive rights in nearly half of the states of America. <sighs> Anyways, um, you'd think as the second African-American serving on the court, he'd actually be for minorities and for these rights, but it seems that he isn't, and that is very confusing to me. Um, <laughs> but as as he should, actually, Samuel L. Jackson definitely <laughs> rips into him, calls him Uncle Clarence, but that's a separate article. Now, I'm going to look into why this should matter, because now that you've looked at these people who are overruling and who have have an opinion on women's bodies, we are going to look at what's happened so far. In an article by AP News, they do discuss the states that are led by Democrats saying that they have taken steps to protect abortion access and also set up potential for legal fights between the states to help women obtain abortions. And they also are opening homes um, of people in the States. People are literally willingly opening their homes to those who need to travel across across sorry, state lines to get an abortions. Now, to get an abortion, sorry. For Alabama, already they... In America, there are about 19 states that have restricted or banned abortions, whereas there are nine or eight that to be determined and then the rest is permitted so you can see majority now abortions are now almost entirely illegal in alabama and um that is pretty much all of these clinics stopped providing abortions on friday under the fear of prosecution oh my gosh that is something they should definitely be fearing in 2022 so um it is a felony to provide an abortion in Alabama beyond the one exception, which was for the sake of the mother's health, meaning they do not consider rape or incest. <sighs> There's also a requirement for doctors who perform abortions to have hospital admitting privileges. <laughs> My gosh. Now, it is believed that some Republican lawmakers have said that they would like to see the state replace the 2019 ban with a slightly less stringent bill that would allow exceptions in cases of rape or incest. Proponents said that the 2019 ban was deliberately strict in the hopes of sparking a court challenge to Roe. That in and of itself is just terrible, but hopefully they will be allowed to make exceptions for rape or incest because that is just the bare minimum at this point. 
So as you can see, um, generalizing here, a majority of the Republican-led states have banned abortion or at least have not considered the abortion for rape and incest or have considered it for rape and incest and the mother's health, however, have just banned it for the rest. Now, democratically-led states have let, have allowed people to come across state lines and people have willingly, as I've said, opened their homes and they have given them resources and care in those states. Now, at one this morning when I was sort of trying to film this podcast, I looked at one of these websites, which I will not be mentioning. I'm not giving the website to anyone because I do not want you to go out to update their reviewers or should I say give them a higher view account this website said quote unquote abortion is a symptom of poverty and loneliness so in order to cure the symptom you should just go out and give a hand to those um, at risk of abortion and just you know be kind to them (laughs) now this is obviously totally incorrect or at least to an extent, because I'll get into this right now because it's extremely important we discuss it. In an article by parents titled Roe v. Wade is Overturned by the Supreme Court, they give details um, on the background and I'm going to read a part of this. So the decision comes less than two months after a leaked draft opinion, which I've mentioned, um, which was published in Politico. Although the decision might be expected, it's no less sparing shock and horror among Roe v. Wade supporters, including parents, pregnant people, and people who want to get pregnant, who depended on Roe, aka Norma McCorvey, for their survival. Black and Latinx pregnant people, who are already more likely to experience barriers to abortion and maternal health care, will suffer the most under this decision. People in the Midwest and South might be forced to seek unsafe abortions or to cross state lines for care based on existing state policy and trigger balls. As expected, the majority opinion, which has overturned Roe, as well as the 1992 Supreme Court decision called Planned Parenthood v. Casey that upholds abortion rights, was written by Justice Samuel Alito, who I have told you about. Alito was joined by five other conservatives on the High Court, including Chief Justice John Roberts. Although another article said it was a separate but concurrent opinion, it seems that he also was on the panel. Now, I'm going to sort of skip this. Um... But you can read the article because it is amazing. Now, in this next section of the article, it says, With Roe overturned, individual states now get to decide their own abortion laws, trigger laws, quote-unquote, already in place in 13 states. Donna Crane, who is an adjacent professor at San Jose University with an expertise in women's rights and reproductive rights, defined these laws as some states that are very strongly anti-abortion, having been frustrated that they couldn't ban abortion because of Roe v. Wade, decided to pass laws that would be on the books and operative immediately in the future events that the court ever removed the protections of Roe. Now, all in all, there are 26 states that have laws or constitutional amendments already in place that would make them certain to attempt to ban abortion as quickly as possible, according to the Guttmacher Institute, which is a leading reproductive rights advocacy group. Combined with the number of measures restricting abortion access already passed this year, the Reproductive Health Organization says that women and people who can get pregnant, such as non-binary and transgender people in America, are facing a, quote, all-out assault on abortion rights. There are a lot of reactions to Roe v. Wade being overturned, which you can look um, on social media. It is very, very evident. And that article was extremely, um, comes extremely recommended. I do go, I do recommend you go read it. Um, And I'm going to, as I've said, link in the caption. Now, we're going to look at an article that 
is also at his bar today and it's called is abortion a parenting issue yes here's what so this is what the article says Center for Disease Control and Prevention data from 43 states shows that 60% of patients who had abortions in 2019 had at least one child. A 2014 survey of all 50 states found that 59% of abortion patients had at least one child, according to this institute, which I mentioned before. In addition, 66% of people who do not have children at the time of their abortion later start a family. An estimated one in four women get an abortion during their lifetime. So, now, this is Danny Dugan, a mother of two and a tech worker, said she heard about the ruling before she took her daughter to a nine-month pediatric appointment. And she said, quote, I'm devastated. It was the first thing I saw when I got out of bed, end quote. And also, my husband immediately said he was so sorry. He knows how significant this is in my life right now because I didn't talk freely about the abortion I had when I was 18 before this year. I would not have been able to attend a top-notch university. I would not have been able to get a, be a great job tech if I didn't have an abortion. It's so upsetting and it makes me want to speak out more about me having had an abortion. I couldn't be prouder of myself. Now, meanwhile, Robert, Dr. Robin Piriucci, 59, a mother of three, is a member of the American College of pediatricians and anti-abortion group praised the court ruling she said with this decision the impact of future parents is that both the mothers and their babies will be kept safer than ever before and she said quote the mother infant dyad is something to be treasured now studies have shown that abortion care is 14 times safer than childbirth and 95 percent of people who've had abortions do not regret their decision five years later so that does contradict what this Dr. Robbins said, the states with the strictest abortion laws have had the worst maternal and child health outcomes. Now, this is in addition to the broken foster care system in the United States of America, because um, when I went on the so-called website that I'm not mentioning that said abortion was a symptom of other things, they said that in in response to a pro-choice argument, you should say that you just not unwanted children, but rather not unwanted pregnancies, but rather unwanted children, and that you cannot unwant a child or something weird like that. Now, this argument is null and void because the system in America for adoption, although praised be by those who do want to be able to not have an abortion, although those who sort of are, I mean, against the pro-lifers, although it's praised by them, it is severely, severely broken and not trustworthy. There's abuse, neglect, and absolute cycle of assault in that system and it is not safe for children who let's just say the mother did keep and gave to the system that is just in addition to all the other statistics that i mentioned where the states who've banned abortion have had the worst outcomes now this is frank c i can't pronounce his surname warrell he has the ph he has a phd and the president of the american psychological association said quote this ruling ignores not only president but science and will exacerbate the mental health crisis america is already experiencing end quote now this is another thing to consider is the mental health of the mothers the fathers not actually not the fathers but i'll get to that in a second the mothers and future mothers of this ruling who now are not allowed to get an abortion firstly they are definitely going to be negatively impacted you cannot say their mental health is going to improve because a lot of situations the mother 
who does not want to have the child is already in a negative headspace. And these organizations such as Planned Parenthood give them the correct resources if they did not give them an abortion, if they were, you know, they don't just suddenly say to them, have an abortion, they do give them resources beforehand. They would give them the correct mental health, you know, resources to be able to get help and to be able to fix their mindset or sort of improve it before getting an abortion, as well as looking at other options such as contraception and safe sex. Now, if the person was already in well into their pregnancy, I'm sure there would be options for them. However, overruling this entirely does not give the person options mentally to be able to decide and it makes them trapped because you are not allowed to have a choice over what you do which is obviously going to negatively impact your mental health because if I'm let's just say locked in my room for 23 days I don't know just a random number and someone says to me that I'm not allowed to come out obviously I'm going to become very very negatively impacted mentally another thing to consider is that during the COVID-19 pandemic those on the panel to overrule were very against masks now I don't know about you but if there's a global pandemic that's killed over 1 million Americans um wearing a temporary by the way temporary piece of fabric over your face to protect the lives of those who are born children would be considered um no apparently not according to a lot of those people because they said their body their choice another thing to consider is the gun violence in america where these children that are going to be forced to be had will be gunned down about third grade because this gun violence statistics are over the top drastically increasing by the way there was also a um a law or bill that was passed that was absolutely ravished by SCOTUS, disgust, disgusting, obviously, obviously, but they did not even consider it. This bill wanted to um, sort of oppose concealed carrying because it is a very big problem if you don't know if someone has a gun, especially if they walk into a school or a crowded public area or even a hospital, which has happened. I don't know why. Um, now, this is... a uh, going to get into that more now but this is the reason why people choose abortion obviously there this i'm going to quote the article so in a 2004 survey of abortion patients 74 percent that they terminated their pregnancy because they wouldn't be able to work or to care for the dependents that they already had which shows the economic issue in america it doesn't show that the women are the problem 84% so they didn't want to be a single parent again which shows that there's a problem ingrained in American society not the woman and nearly four in ten said they had already completed their families which I guess is understandable the Supreme Court's okay so that's already I've already mentioned this now this is what the people who dissented or dissented said quote we're sorry for this court but more for the millions of American women who have today lost a fundamental constitutional protection we dissent now the trigger laws I've gotten into these states within minutes there were already states who had already banned abortion now if you look at a map um, in the post row world should I say this is what their predictions are so majority of um, states will have abortions banned with a few of them having abortions restricted and uh, like one of the states having women not protected now the rest will be protected by law but it's uh it's quite the you know minority so Alabama completely banned Alaska protected you can actually look at this list um as I've said I'll put it down below 
Now, Caitlin Abbott, a 38-year-old mother, said that not having access to safe and legal abortion is going to impact all of us. How do I protect my daughter and raise her to be ambitious and brave in a country where she doesn't have bodily autonomy? How do I instill self-worth in her when her own country thinks that she is worthless? She could not have said it any better. Now, Caitlin Abba is also a writer in New York City. And honestly, I commend her for being able to speak out about these things, as well as the other women who've spoken out about having abortions. Because it is something that's been a taboo. Now, more than ever, people are speaking out and saying, I'm fine. I've got amazing job opportunities. I have made it in life. And if I hadn't had that, where would I be now? Now, you have to look at statistics because... So... Ignore the music, I'm actually living in a house with other people. As I've said, Justice Clarence Thomas um, writes that other cases that protect the right to contraception, same-sex marriage, and to engage in private consensual sex are not an issue in this particular decision. But he also writes that in future cases, the court should reconsider the decision in the cases that establish those rights. <sighs> okay, now I'm going to get into these. Firstly, he wants to get rid of contraception, which... Contraception is the basic bare minimum. Now, same-sex marriage was literally just legalized, and by not legalizing that, it literally goes against every single constitutional right in the American Constitution. And basic human rights, which I'll go into now because there are 30 basic universal human rights given by the UN, who, by the way, I haven't seen anything by the UN. Don't know if they haven't released something. Maybe I just haven't seen it. But now, having to get rid of the right to engage in private consensual sex. <sighs> that is absolutely appalling because now you are going to have an increase in rape and incest and those people in many of the states are not going to be able to terminate their pregnancy. So this is just a never-ending cycle, Mr. or should I say Justice Clarence. <sighs> I'm going to give you my opinion because I think I've given you guys enough basis on what you want to decide. <laughs> Now, according to the Gun Violence Archive of 2022, the total number of deaths by gun violence for all causes are 21,250. Now, if you look into the difference of causes, oh my gosh, the number of children killed ages 0 to 11 are 172. This is just this year. The number of teens aged 12 to 17, 633. Um, there's obviously other sort of you know <laughs> unintentional shooting why is that a thin 723 people killed <sighs> this is so frustrating now okay if you look at mass shootings um it started in 2014 as only 269 saying only 269 shows the level of how terrible the united states is as protecting children because then it soars up in 2020 to 611 instances of mass shootings uh, now 2318 teens were killed or injured in 2014, it went up by 2000 to 4,142 in 2020. Now, these statistics go up even further for children ages 0 to 11 who are killed or injured. <laughs> Starts at 603 in 2014 and goes up to 999 in 2020.
Now, they do give you a map which you can look at of the number of deaths this year so far. And I'm going to put this in the link of my document. So you can definitely understand the fact that we are frustrated. But the sheer sort of, should I say, ignorance um, of this panel um, <laughs> to be able to outlaw or ban abortion. And yet, not guns. Although I have to say that two days ago there was a, um, let me quote this correctly, a bipartisan gun safety bill that was passed by the US Senate. So I'm not entirely neglecting their attempts. However, that is uh, poorly and they are appalling. Now, in an article released by BBC News um, in on the 24th of May 2022 titled America's gun culture in seven charts. They discuss this based on the school shooting in Texas, which was the Robbie Elementary school shooting, which I wish my condolences to all the families and there should not be prayers, there should be absolute policies. Now, they say in this um, article, there were 1.5 million firearm deaths between 1968 and 2017, which is higher than the number of soldiers killed in every single U.S. conflict since the American War of Independence in 1775. In 2020 alone, more than 45,000 Americans died at the end of a barrel of a gun. That should say something, at least. I know I've used these statistics a lot, and I'm going to continue to use them because... How can you protect guns more than a woman's uterus is a question I have. Now, obviously, this issue is extremely political. So, <laughs> now, there are top 10 civilian gun-owning countries. U.S. comes in number one, with Yemen, by the way, in second place, which I don't know how much that says about the U.S., because Yemen sometimes is a bit of a, you know... There was a small arms survey in 2018 that was done, and it says that there are... 120.5 firearms per 100 residents. <laughs> oh my gosh, how does that even make sense? So, basically, they break down the deaths into two sections. Suicide and homicide. Now, in this homicide, there's also divided into unintentional, undetermined, and legal intervention. Out of the 19,384 homicides um, to date, or however this was determined, only 611 had legal intervention. <laughs> there actually are more suicides by gun than there are by mass shooting, but, I mean, if you know what I mean, I think, yeah. So, mass shooting obviously gets more media, but a lot of these suicides are by gun, and that is also a major issue, which is, again, mental health at the same time as this. Like, now, if you look at 2020, the... <laughs> my gosh, I don't know how I'm supposed to read this without, <sighs> America, I don't know how you're going to defend yourself in this case, but in 2020, 43% of the deaths, as I said, amounted to 19,000, ignore my block noise, it's the winter season here, 19,384 people were homicides. Now, this was increased, it increased 34% from 2019, and 75% from 10 years prior. 53 people are killed by firearm daily and majority of murders, 79% were carried out by guns. Now you can look at um, 
oh lord okay this is definitely i'd recommend doing this i'm going to go put this in the description but you can look at this article it gives you a lot of statistics and it is really really helpful in determining your opinion back to discussing the abortion side um in an article released by the good marker good institute on the 1st of september 2005 titled reasons u.s women have abortions quantitative and qualitative perspectives which i will link um it gives you the details such as the context methods and the results and conclusions now the conclusion generally was that the decision to have an abortion is typically motivated by multiple diverse and interrelated reasons the themes of responsibility to others and resource limitations, such as financial constraints and lack of partner support, reoccurred throughout the study. Now, if you look at that, now this segment of the podcast is going to consider everything that I've mentioned, and I'm going to give you my opinion. So, um, I have to mention the fact that of the six people on the panel, um, one of them was a woman who's an open conservative Catholic, the other five were men. And on top of that, we also have to consider the fact that America and around the world is seen as an international superpower um, of democracy and of upholding its constitution. Now, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, there are going to be copycat states or countries which will encourage the outlawing or banning of abortion. Not only that, there are only other, only two other known countries who have banned abortion, which are Nicaragua, Nicaragua and Poland. People in Poland were obviously upset that America got more of the attention. Um, however, I do have to say that considering America is looked at for its sort of upholding of human rights, it does sort of become a trend. And I think it's uh, rightfully so because it's definitely a problem. Because now not only are you going to see the increase of rape and incest, it is going to be the victim's fault. And not only is there going to increase slut shaming and victim blaming, but many other things as well, which I'm going to get into. I have to give a public service announcement at this point, and that is that I did want to include pro-life resources in this description or um, documents, I should say, of the links and resources. However, the two websites I went on at one in this morning, one this morning, they did not satisfy me whatsoever. And there was a trend of inherent religious bias and subjective bias, so I was not able to put any resources in. And I know that is a very large assumption. However, I do not have the energy to go through any more of those websites. And you know what? I'm going to tell you why. At one this morning, I went on to my second website, sort of hoping that it would be different. I'll get in the first website now. The second website, the first thing that came up on my screen was a massive pop-up notification saying, Ruby Wade is overruled. Here's where you can celebrate. And gave a link to a website called overallroad.org. I put that aside, you know, being me, I gave it the benefit of the doubt and thought possibly they had other resources and notifications and perhaps any other information. I was really wrong. I went on and there was a section where they dedicated it towards answering pro-choice arguments. One of the questions asked in this pro-choice argument was, how come you are so for pushing unwanted pregnancies? Their answer was, it's not unwanted pregnancies we worried about, but unwanted children. And they opted out, or should I say opted for, um, putting children in the foster healthcare system, or no, the foster adoption system, excuse me about that. <clears throat> not only have I mentioned how broken it is, but the thing about this is not only you, this website, and see, I'm absolutely dumbfounded here, but 
In reference to the first website, which said that abortion is a symptom of poverty, now they are contradicting themselves in the second website by saying that children should be put in a foster care system. Because now that people are having more children, the foster care system is going to absolutely collapse because this amount of pressure of financials, which is already down the drain at the moment that the government hasn't sorted out. Like, why would you bother about abortions and say you care about these children if you don't put money into foster care adoption systems and if half of these children are going to be killed by the time they're in third grade? Definitely something people should consider. Um, again, as I've said, this website was rough with um, very, very obvious religious bias and many of these arguments were um, so were very religiously biased and um, on the first website there were 37 articles um, about abortion, one about suicide which claiming again the fact that abortion is a symptom of poverty and loneliness, uh, okay, there was one on fatherhood which was nothing about fatherhood but rather about how men should volunteer at pregnancy centres and then there was also one about motherhood but it wasn't actually about motherhood, there were also seven pro-choice argument articles which were all not pro-choice. <laughs> so you can see the kind of trend that's happening. Now, there's also something else I have to mention is the fact that these websites, when they gave these arguments, now, okay, I'm going to mention the second website for this because on the second website, they had these almost promoters of the website. Now, all of these promoters had claimed to see the light after volunteering at either Planned Parenthood or being a doctor themselves, having assisted or done abortions. <sighs> okay. That is something I'll get into now. Another thing on the second website I noticed is that they had this entire section dedicated towards turning people towards seeing the truth and what God wants and his, you know, uh, what was the word they used? His sort of um, beliefs and, you know, what you should do and to serve God and everything like that. Now, someone who is practicing a religion, which I will not fully disclose in this podcast, um, I have mentioned in previous episodes, but not in, I'm not going to mention this one, in my religion, abortion is permitted on the sole term that the mother's life is in danger and at least they give it that because in certain other religions they almost sort of put the mother's needs aside and although there have been states where the mother's needs are or the sole reason or allowance of abortion is for the mother's needs it is almost the fact that if you look at abortion and the way it's needed is ectopic pregnancies you need to do an abortion it is the only way you can save the mother's life and if you look at the fetus viability in certain states it won't allow it. Now, you definitely, as a state, would claim to have human rights in, you know, but that's not a human right if you are killing the mother and the, the mother and the child. Because if the mother has an ectopic pregnancy, that pregnancy, or should I say, fetus, isn't going to really, you know, develop into something. It's going to be a clump of cancerous cells. <sighs> okay, now that we've considered that, I have to also say that. Um, Again, as somebody who is in a religion and practicing a religion, I was really looking forward to being able to put both sides and, you know, being able to see both. And the thing is that the main pro-choice sides, they had resources not only on abortion, but on Planned Parenthood actually had resources on safe sex, STRs, contraception, how to be able to do it safely, how to, basically everything you can need. Whereas the other websites that I went on to, they only really had so-called resources, which were definitely not statistical, <laughs> my gosh, in the least, on exposing Planned Parenthood and putting Planned Parenthood down, but at the same time, not only doing that, but not giving any resources for those who need it. The resources they did give was um, fetal pain um, and other sort of fetal heartbeat resources, so like almost 
resources written by people who believed that you should not. And I mean, I know um, from both sides, there's definitely inherent bias, but it's just rough within the prolapse. So that is why I couldn't put it in the document. However, I will try after this podcast to look for a somewhat moderately pro-love website and maybe perhaps put it in. But that was the reason that I couldn't put any of them in. And I hope that you guys understand. Now, as I mentioned before, the Roe v. Wade is definitely going to impact multiple communities, not only women specifically, but also the children of the country and other sort of um, ethnicities. Because um, I don't know if I did mention, I haven't really, you know, remembered, but black and Latinx women have a massively hard time with excuse me, maternal care. Now with this being overruled, there's going to be almost 10 times harder for them to be able to get a safe abortion. Not only that, but safe maternal care. Black women, or well, should I say women of colour, are four times more likely to die from pregnancy. And I'm actually doing a thesis on this for my, um, my uh, schoolwork, and I've done, I might just link it down below, I'm not so sure, but um, definitely have research on this, and it is true and it is proven black and Latinx women are absolutely not considered in any of these laws at all. And that's just a sad point on that because that is absolutely disgusting how America claims it's absolutely free for all and it's free for none except whites, cis, het, men. Okay, now that you've sort of gotten that um, degree of that, I am going to sort of try and explain the rest. <laughs> now, there's definitely, as I've said, a question about men having control over women's bodies. And the whole thing, or should I say, I believe the whole problem is the political div- divides in America. Now, as you know, there are two parties, Republican and Democrats. Democrats are definitely liberal, Republicans are more conservative. And um, the thing is that this definitely comes into play when making a lot of decisions, which shouldn't. Now, in the country I live in, which has does have the highest or one of the highest rates of gender-based violence, the government's decisions are not decidedly or inherently based on religion. Um, and it's even though there are sort of, I wouldn't say there are laws against gen- gender-based violence, but it is a definitely a big problem where I live. The government isn't religious, and like I do think that does play a part in how it's handled because at least you know it's mentioned although i'm not giving my government credit because it doesn't really do much for the people um in terms of gbv it isn't religious and it doesn't allow religion to dictate its thoughts so back to america um (laughs) america is inherently religiously and politically divided so you have on one hand those who believe that a clump of cells or baby or fetus or embryo however you want to put it has more rights than the mother and then there are those who believe the mother should have the choice and depending on where you stand it depends obviously on your views but I do not believe America has any sort of equality whatsoever with this divide now I don't I don't see America ever really changing because there's no actual solution both sides hate each other and both sides are so different that there's almost no way they similar Besides the fact that they're almost political parties. And Joe Biden, I don't know if I said this before, but Joe Biden used this opportunity to encourage people to vote for him in the midterm elections in November. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing or bad thing, but using this as a political opportunity is sort of a bit of a... mm, 
move to make that is or shows at least the fact that you really only care politically from either side they use this opportunity to say vote for us because from the republican side they're like look at us making laws and doing the biggest putting our dossiers into this and on the other side the democrats say we can't let this happen so vote for us but they're not really doing anything to say change anything they're just saying vote so that is obviously something to consider as someone who's living outside of america or even in america um now if you look at the international uproar um it, it definitely it definitely should be this way because america is almost making the handmaid's tale look like it is the tame version of their almost x-rated film they are so calling overruling Roe v wade and i don't understand their i don't understand america at all and the thing is i have definitely considered living in america and I've wanted to become a child life specialist, which I have had to sort of reconsider when this was made, because as somebody who wants to live there, there's no way I'm able to have a child with human rights, and there's no way I'm able to have human rights as a woman. Now, as you may know, I've mentioned Clarence Thomas, or I'm not even bothering to get his name right, so I'm not sure if that is his name, wants to overrule consensual sex in private. Now, not only that, but also contraception and same-sex marriage. So all these sort of um, safe havens for people because let's just say same-sex marriage allows for you know the rates um to you you feel safe with who you are not only does that increase mental health but it also allows you to be able to feel that you okay human rights wise um now i'm not even going to get into the fact that he doesn't want to allow conception anymore i mean not conception contraception sorry but the fact that he doesn't want to allow safe consensual consensual sex in private that will increase rape, that will increase incest, and now those victims are going to be sued, they can be sued, they can't even get the rights to, that they need, not only that, is that those victims are going to be children, they're going to be teenagers, they're not going to be those people that are, the people that are making these rules are the complete opposite demographic of those who are actually have been affected by them, the fact that you're not allowing contraception means there's going to be more pregnancies, which I guess, in fact, sort of brings the cycle to an end. Because now, if this is allowed, you're going to have no ways of people actually having safe abortions. Um, so they're going to have to be forced to be pregnant. They're not going to be able to have the pull. They're not going to be able to have an IUD put in. They're not going to be able to have consensual sex in private. So whoever this Clarence Thomas is, he's definitely not thinking at all because... You know that your wife, so-called wife, I don't know, I hope she divorces you at this point. Um, why, how do you actually consider this? And the fact that most of these children, I mean, most of these people, oh, they are children, I should say, but, you know, basically children. Most of these, or actually calling them children is an insult to children. So clowns, most of these clowns that were voted to overrule Ruby Wade had children themselves. So how are they almost able to decide what to do? And the fact I've already mentioned that they are mostly men. And the woman who has seven children so i don't understand now if i'm going to sort of get into this more um and i know this is going to be a very long episode um i do have to say that internationally this is absolutely appalling and i mentioned it so many times because i've definitely said this before all the copycat states or countries are going to use this as a reason to discriminate against women because sort of before there was this almost um uphold you know, um, 
unspoken rule that you would respect women and people in America were doing that sort of to an extent I should say um now that this is overruled countries are going to be encouraged not only to ban abortion but also possibly to sue the victims if they ever are reported of having one that is so problematic and okay now I'm going to look at doctors because this is a very big part of it doctors by the way um not only are doctors under the Hippocratic Oath, which I'm going to tell you what the Hippocratic Oath says, because the Hippocratic Oath is something doctors have to swear by, and it's something that is extremely important when you are a doctor. So let me just get this for a second. So when doctors swear by the Hippocratic Oath, which is an ethical guideline, the first line is do no harm, which is the first thing they go against. So now if you are a healthcare worker, because every single healthcare worker is impacted, and I couldn't make this, I could literally... Every single, basically, profession is impacted, but mainly the healthcare workers, because if you are a nurse and you're aiding an abortion, you can be sued. And not only that, the person suing you would be able to claim legal costs from you, up to $10,000 actually, or more. And you wouldn't be able to, if you won, you wouldn't be able to get any refunds legally from any of the parties besides, well, actually nothing. So not only that, the fact is that you're going against the Hippocratic Oath. So now... America, or should I say those who've ruled against, you know, <laughs> Ruby Wade, you're almost playing this double standard because you want people, doctors even, to question their own ethical guideline that they swear by and put the law above morals, is what you're saying. And it's not even meant to be a, why is it a law, may I ask? <sighs> because now doctors have to have a lawyer with them 24-7 and they have to go against the Hippocratic Oath because if someone has an ectopic pregnancy, they are not able. The fetus isn't viable, first of all, they're not, it's not going to develop. And then in certain states where they claim to allow women to have an abortion if their life's in danger, there are rules that prevent it. So doctors are going to be sued either way. And it's kind of like you're putting every single person in danger. Now for the children. I'm going to go on to the children because... Firstly, I was going to call those on the panel children, but that's an insult to children internationally. So the absolute clowns of those on the panel, the children are going to be impacted, not only psychologically, well, actually, as, uh, you know, I would say, I wouldn't say definition, but children are a choice made by two consenting parties, whether it's the same sex or not, Mr. Clarence Thomas, but generally two consenting parties. And now that the children or child is not wanted, they are absolutely not going to be able to have proper attachment towards the caregiver, whether in the adoption system or not. They're not going to be able to experience developmental milestones. You are encouraging an entire generation of alcoholics and drug usage. Not only that, you are going to have an increase in suicide, an increase in rape, an increase in incest. And you're happy with that. Also, the economic crisis America's already in. You won't deal with that. You'll first deal with the fact that women's vaginas, by the way, because of rape, and uteruses have more regulations than the guns that are killing thousands of children in third grade, which the children you are pushing to survive these pregnancies, the children you are pushing to survive horrible conditions in the adoption system, and the children you are pushing to survive absolutely not achieving anything psychologically and physically, well, you know what, physically could argue, but there's definitely going to be an increase in drinking in pregnancies, which could increase fetal alcohol syndrome, but psychologically, definitely nothing going to happen there. And yet you can say that they have more gun, you can put gun rights before children, before women, before the minorities and black and Latinx communities in America, and yet you are a democracy, America. And yet you are considering every human right, and yet you are considering children. 
you are considering the idea of control, not children. If you were really considering children, you would have banned guns in schools. You would have banned usage of this system that is absolutely broken in many ways. You would have fixed the economic crisis because now not only are you going to have an economic crisis in adults, but also children. Children are going to be sent to live in poverty and on the streets. So yes, the pro-life website that said abortion is a symptom of poverty is obviously laughing their socks off right now, thinking that they are right when you are not. Because poverty is a symptom of itself, it's not a symptom. Abortion isn't a symptom, it's not a disease, it is a solution for many people who cannot afford it. And you may be asking me, oh my gosh, why are you getting so passionate? I live in a country which has one of the highest, if not the highest rates, of gender-based violence in the world. Now, my government still does not use religion to base its arguments or whatever it wants on this it doesn't doesn't use religion at all. It has a religious committee, which is led by many religions, but it doesn't base it off religion or political beliefs, but on the right of its citizens, which can be argued in many ways, but still, I don't see the I don't see the fact that America is able to do this. Now, the fact that America does this is it's already been done, sadly, so not only does that put people in terrible positions and children and those who are absolutely susceptible to many disadvantages normally that are now going to go into bankruptcy going to be evicted from their jobs and homes going to basically be forced to do things such as crime which people would argue definitely but um seriously what is this actually doing that's positive besides proving that you want control and not actual human rights America, what is wrong? As someone, as, a, as an international citizen looking in and as someone who's wanted to live in America, um, I'm not able to have a daughter and I'm not able to tell my daughter that she can be confident with herself because that would make her more of a target to men and then that would make her have a child she doesn't want. And that, what what is this generation? Or should I say older generations? Because obviously many of these people who already have children themselves, uh, one of them, Amy, who's the only woman, has seven of them, would know anything. They would, actually, they'll know everything about terminating a pregnancy because they had to. So yes, yes, the panel of six, I absolutely agree with you. And that is said with absolutely dropping irony and sarcasm. So with that being said, um, this podcast is probably going well over 50 minutes. But I do have to add in the fact that this should be not, this should not have actually happened. And the fact that it's happened not only impacting America and its minorities, um, but the only people it really doesn't impact, which is ironic, is cishet white men. Because the Latinx people of colour, those communities are already facing absolute appalling poverty and maternal health care is absolutely disgraceful. And as I probably mentioned, I'm doing a thesis on it for school, so I know, and I know what I'm talking about. And as a white, cis, het woman, uh, I'm already impacted if I were to live in America. Imagine if I was something else, if I was another minority. Like, the only people with benefits, and when I say benefits, ha, men, what are you going to do when you have about 15 children? You are going to leave and leave the woman like what is it what you're trying to do here because now women aren't going to be able to get positions of power because they're going to be stuck at home so in essence you are just wanting to do what exactly human rights ma bam you are not doing anything to do with human rights it is all to do with yourselves because now you can get more positions of power yes there are certain fathers who are definitely very supportive of their wives getting abortions however this law now 
impact those people too because now they are going to have to deal with so in sum um coming to the conclusion of this i just wanted to say that um it is absolutely appalling the american government isn't putting the rights of not only us citizens but minorities first and those who are vulnerable um and obviously those who are listening that are american whatever side you are i hope that you do take my point into consideration and heed this warning as someone from an international country that you know looking in does not look good for you or anyone um <laughs> but um yeah i hope that you can consider these points and go donate to the websites and organizations um and click on the document that i put in my description um and i wish i could say more but i absolutely am think i'm used all my words up already so thank you guys for listening stay safe and definitely stay safe in these situations stay healthy stay well and i'll see you next time